0: What empowered Jesus? You said it, Holy Spirit. You can say it, it's church. You can say the Holy Spirit in church. Let's try that again, church. What empowered Jesus? Holy Spirit. Very good. What empowers believers today? Holy Spirit. Thank you. Let me say this. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, don't you think we need the Holy Spirit? Now, that should settle everything with the Holy Spirit.
1: Hey guys, this is Pastor Tommy. Thanks for joining us today at the church at Bushland. Man, we pray that your faith will be encouraged and inspired from today's message.
0: Man, good to see each of you. Boys and girls, y'all look great over there. There's some worshipers over there. I was watching them jump. So uh, good to see each of you. wanna say a big welcome to our online audience. Uh, we love our online church. It's so faithful to us, so steady, so consistent. So we thank you. We love you, appreciate you so much. Um, if you've been with us, uh, I'm in a series uh, called The Church Defined. Uh, if you knew uh, and you're just joining us for the very first time, what I'm doing is I'm setting up what God intended for the church, what God meant for the church. When God um, set the church up when God drew us by His spirit, when God saved us, when God birthed us into a spiritual family, when God put us in a, in, in a body that's living and active and moving. What, what did God have in mind for the church? What was God's big ideal with the church? And so this half of the series, that's what we're doing. Today's the last day of that. All right. We're going to look at that. And after, um, Uh, Next Sunday is communion, but the Sunday after that, the 15th, I'm going to walk into the second half of this. This is the church today. As you know, the church is operating today in some different times than it's ever done before. There's so much of our country that is so different. The church has got to navigate that. There's a lot of pressure on the church in a lot of ways to navigate that correctly. And, and we don't, not, we will not, and the church should never use culture to dictate God's church. We use the correction of the word of God. We line ourselves up as a church to the word of God. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to look at that in the second half. Okay. So today, the simple title for today's message is The Spirit Empowered body. The Spirit-empowered body. The greatest gift God gave the church was the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest gift God gave. MasterCard uh, used to have a commercial that said, don't leave home without it. I'm going to say, don't do church without it. Amen. Don't do church without the Holy Spirit. Nothing has the lasting, sustainable impact for a church like the Holy Spirit. A church absolutely will see supernatural things happen when the Holy Spirit shows up, and the opposite is true. If church won't see nothing happen, even unless the Holy Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit will see adults get saved. You don't get, you don't see adults saved unless the power of the Holy Spirit's moving in the church. You don't see marriages put back together. You don't see people that, that are down been raised up. You don't see people that have no hope find hope. You don't have people that have no purpose find purpose. You don't find people that, 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 that have been, they just need restored. They just need resurrected in their own life. They, they, they just come back to life. God does that through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? That's what he did in scripture and he's not done He's not done doing it until he comes back to get the church. And since he hasn't come back yet, he would still like to see it in the church. That's the bottom line. And and I said in the first service, I'm gonna have a hard time understanding how you can be called a church if the Holy Spirit isn't alive in it. Because that's all the church has got. That's what he wants to do in the church. So let's look Uh, at acts chapter one if you're going to talk about the church Uh, acts is going to be your chapter for sure go to acts chapter one i'm going to look at a lot of scripture hopefully you have your bible if not you got your phone you're just going to do your little scrolling up and down and sliding all that fun stuff you have to do all that but i'm going to give you scripture listen i'm okay as a teacher but the bible's better okay so i'm just going to let scripture be scripture And that way, if you don't like it, you can just take it out on the Scripture, beat your Bible up. Good luck with that. But you can't get me, okay? So I'm just going to give you a bunch of Scripture about the Holy Spirit today as it relates to the church, because that's the greatest gift that God gave the church. So look at Acts chapter 1. I want you to begin in verse 4. We're going to read 4 and 5, and then verse 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which is for you. You have heard me speak about. Verse five, for John baptized with water. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's what he breathed on the church, and that's what he said will give you the power to do all that you're going to do. So the role of the Holy Spirit, God's great salvation for his people come in two major truths, okay? Number one, each church has the presence of his son, uh, Jesus Christ, as the head of the church. We talked about that before. Yes, I am the senior pastor of the house, but Jesus is the head of the church. You can call me a neck. Okay, because I'm not the head, he is the head. And yes, I am the next, so to speak, but I'm not doing one thing in the name of Jesus in this church without God stamping and breathing on it. If God didn't say it, we're not doing it, period. And I don't care how great and wonderful it is, if God's not on it, I don't want it. And so God is, he is the head of the church. Number two, each church has a presence of the Holy Spirit, as it's enabling power to work in and through the church. That is the power that he gave the church. When you see lives put back together, marriages restored, people saved, people born again, all the things, the healings, all that stuff, that is all by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And you want to see that, let me say it this way, we need to see that in the church. The church should be alive. These things should be happening. If they're not happening, we gotta question whether the tomb is full. The tomb is empty every Easter. We jump out of our seats and cheer that the tomb is empty. Why not have church like the tomb is empty? If Jesus isn't dead, then the church shouldn't be dead. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is the power, the octane that does everything in the church. The Holy Spirit is God's essential gift to the church. Don't try to do it without him. Don't. Holy Spirit is the greatest thing. And I know, I understand that the, when you say Holy Spirit, be like, I know that. Some of your hair is already standing up. You're over there trying to knock them down, but, but it's okay. But listen to me. Why can't you trust the Holy Spirit? His name is God. Why Why not? Why not? You said, well, Jeff, I've seen some weird things with the Holy Spirit. Well, I have too. I have too, okay? But I also have seen some incredible, powerful, life-changing, never, never the same again kind of moments, all right? I said earlier, if you're gonna win the Kentucky Derby, mm, you better have a horse. Amen? And not only a horse, woo! You better have a horse with some serious octane. Melissa and I had the privilege of being at the Kentucky Derby this year, all right? Friday's races and Saturday's races, all right? There was about 12 races on Saturday before the Kentucky Derby starts. You don't know that if you're watching on TV. We did, because we were there all day, all right? They bring these horses out. They're beautiful. These horses are incredible. But each race... There's a little bit different horse they bring out. And then when them studs walk out that are in the Kentucky Derby, that's a whole different horse, my friend. That leg is different. That side is different. That neck is different. That head is different. And let me tell you what's big time different, those eyes. That horse and those Kentucky, those Kentucky Derby horses, there is a supernatural power inside of them that the other horses are just trying to get to. They'll get there one day, but they're not there yet, or they be in that race. Every church, they all might look the same, but what sets them apart is the Holy Spirit's freedom inside. That's what sets them apart. There was no doubt, Melissa and I were watching, man, we were from here to Derek from the, from the track. I mean, before all the people got there and made all that noise, we could hear the thundering when they went by. I mean, your chair is shaped, boy, that was cool. When those Kentucky Derby horses went in front of us, I'm gonna tell you right now, that's a different horse. That's a different horse, different horse. I said in the first service, you give me a church that I gotta pull back the people from the Holy Spirit, not beat the people with the Holy Spirit, amen? And if you're new here, I don't beat the church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying... Hey, if you get out of your lane and you, and, you, and you get a little crazy with the Holy Spirit, I got a beautiful pastoral team. We'll help you get back in the lane number one if you got over the lane number six. We're okay with that, all right? But if you don't even get out of the starting block, I got a problem with that, amen? So church, you got to get out of the starting block don't, don't stay in there because you're like, oh, no, if I get up by this garbage like, with the Holy Spirit, I might go from lane one over to lane six and the preacher going to freak out. No, I'm going to go get Tommy and say, Tommy, you bring that horse back to lane one. What the heck's wrong with that boy? All right? And we'll get you back in lane one. you would be fine. Some people yield to the Holy Spirit say, I don't want to try that because I've seen weird stuff. Listen to me. That's God. He's not weird. Go. That's all I'm saying. That's what you're going to see. That's what he did for the church. He said, church, you can't be what you want that I want you to be unless you let me, the Holy Spirit, come in and go. And that's what we're looking at. So three things real fast. Number one, the Holy Spirit in the ministry of Jesus. Long before the day of Pentecost, the disciples heard John the Baptist bear witness to Jesus. Now go to your Bible, got the hidden pages flipping. Go to John chapter three. John chapter three, look at verses 34, 35. 34, 35, John chapter three. For the one whom God sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the spirit without limits. Ooh, if you have your own Bible, please underline that. All right. The Holy Spirit in you should not have a limit. I'm gonna say that one more time. The Holy Spirit in you should not have a limit. Let that Holy Spirit go. The Holy Spirit in your marriage should not have a limit either. Jeff, this is not the marriage retreat. That's next weekend. I know, I'm moving on, all right? The Father, verse 35, the Father loves the Son and he has placed everything in his hands. All right. everything in his hands. Once you go to Acts 10, Acts chapter 10, go back some. Acts 10, I'm going with you. I don't have any of these marked, all right? Acts 10, this is Peter's witness of the place of the work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life, all right? This is Peter's account, okay? This is not what he heard. Catch this on Peter. This is not what he heard, it's what he saw. See, we hear some things about the Holy Spirit, then we see some things about the Holy Spirit and we're like, woo, I want some of that. I want some of that. Be careful that you don't take what you hear and not give what you could see a chance. That, I know that landed. You understand what I mean? Some people hear what they wanna hear about the Holy Spirit and never give the Holy Spirit to show them anything so they don't get to see anything. Don't cut God short from showing you something that'll blow your mind and something that'd resurrect your life like nothing else, all right? Go to Acts 10, I think I said that, 37, 38. Y'all just waiting for the address. 3738. You know what has happened throughout Judah, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Mm. The Holy Spirit would be God's life in his church and in his people. Look at John 14, go back again, all right, John 14. I want you to see it in the Bible, not what I say. John 14, look at 16 through 18, how about this? How about we start 15? 15 first, 15 through 18. Go to John 14, look at verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Just wanna throw that in there for you, all right? Look at 16. And I will ask the Father, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Catch the know there is a K-N-O-W-S. Know him, okay? But you, K-N-O-W, know him for he lives with you and will be in you okay be in you right he will not leave you as orphans I will come to you this is what he says this is Jesus he will not leave you he's not gonna leave the church the church has a father it's not left to orphans okay he's not gonna leave you okay Jesus was not gonna leave them helpless he was sending and providing for them the Holy Spirit of God Jesus Jesus was leaving the Holy Spirit for them. Let me ask you two simple questions. What empowered Jesus? What empowered Jesus? You said it, Holy Spirit. You can say it, it's church. You can say the Holy Spirit in church. Let's try that again, church. What empowered Jesus? Holy Very good. Now, for all those who have never said this word in your life, you join us, all right? First time ever, you're gonna say the word Holy Spirit. What empowered Jesus? Holy Spirit did. What empowers believers today? Thank you. Let me say this. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, don't you think we need the Holy Spirit? Now, that should settle everything with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed it, oh, Lord, help. Don't you think we need it? Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. So let me say this to every man in the house. If you're married, do not attempt marriage without the Holy Spirit. Just saying it. Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit. There is no way you can love your wife, the church, the way God wants you to without and apart from the Holy Spirit of God. No way, no way. The Holy Spirit, listen to me. No one can read a woman's mind. I know it's not a marriage retreat. That's next weekend, but I got to go here. The Holy Spirit can. So you want to know what's going on in your wife's mind? You want to buy flowers at the right time, not the wrong time? Everybody, can I get a witness? Anybody done that? Dad gum, I thought that was going to work out different. I thought that response might be just a lip. Mm, Just a little bit different, baby. I wasn't a single, baby. That was a grand slam. She's like, nah, that was a bunt. (laughs) But good try. (laughs) you still going to have to apologize. (laughs) Flowers can't talk. Uh, So what I'm saying is don't attempt it. What can read the mind of your wife? Not you, husband, but the Holy Spirit. So if you ask the Holy Spirit, how do I love the church? Holy Spirit's going to tell you how to love that church. Promise you because the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift he gave you. And if Jesus needed it, hombre, you need it. Born in Texas a die in Texas, yeah, I'm proud of you, okay? But you still need the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God in your life. Just simply say, God, I need the Holy Spirit of God in my life, don't be scared of it, all right? Number two, Holy Spirit in the early believers, very important, so you got the Holy Spirit in Jesus, Now you got the Holy Spirit and the early believers, basically known as the church, okay? Let's look at it. Acts 1.8, go back to Acts 1.8 again. I'm gonna take y'all all all over the Bible, okay? Acts 1.8, we're just getting started. There's a bunch in this one. That's about one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven more in this one, okay? Uh, (laughs) Acts one eight. but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria until the ends of the earth. The entire church of Jerusalem would be involved in this, entire. When the Holy Spirit came on the apostles, he came on all believers. Okay, I want you to see it. Acts two, go to Acts two. Acts two, um, one and four. Acts two, one and four. Acts two, one and four. When the day of Pentecost came, They were all together in one place. Verse four. All of them, how many? Good, What's a good church. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Don't camp on the the bottom part. That's where people camp and they won't give anything above it a chance. Don't do that please. Who was filled? All of them, okay? All of them. When day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together, where? In one place. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When you read the book of Acts, it starts with an A, and the most important letter in that book is A, and all starts with A. There's all kind of times in here where it says all and all and all and all. And you've got to figure out what the all means. Because there is always a bunch of interpretations of all. And I'm sorry, but I'm a pretty simple boy. All means all. i pull up to an all-you-can-eat buffet. I'm assuming everything's all you can eat. Don't have a select few that can eat at this and a select few can eat at that. I'm gonna go outside and, and partition where you change your name to. Some can eat and some can eat this, all right? That doesn't sell real well and it's a big old sign, but it's all you can eat, amen? They were all filled. So at this time, set this up for you. There, so 11 apostles, Judas got kicked out of the club, all right, but they have replaced him at the end of the first chapter of Acts with Matthias. Okay? So he's on board, so he's there. If you look this up in any of the the study and and and, and books and 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 all, I can just look it up, you'll see the number 120. 120 is used a lot in a lot of commentaries. So there's 120 believers, disciples, followers of Jesus there with the apostles, okay? Because it says all were there. And so we know this 120 was in there. So you can do the math. If you wanna count the 12 outside of the 120, 132, if you wanna count the 12 within the 120, then so be it. But what I'm saying to you is there's all present, okay? When the Holy Spirit fell here, it fell on all of them. It fell on all of them. What you have in chapter two of Acts is the initiation of, of the church. It's the first church. God raised up the first church right there. We started this church back 15 and a half years ago with, with uh, eight, 18 people, 21 people, something like that. Man, they got 120 in the house already. All right? That's good church. There's a lot of churches. The majority of churches in America today are less than 50 every Sunday. There's 120 here. And when it fell, it fell on all of them. And if you're going to debate the word all, so be it. All means all. I'm sorry. All is all. All y'all with me? You know what I mean? It's all, all right? So look, Acts 4. Go to Acts 4.31. So by the time you get to Acts 4, the believers numbered 5,000 men, all right, and their families. I'm gonna do a little quick math for you. 5,000 men, got to assume they got 5,000 wives. So you got women of 5,000, men of 5,000, all right? Pretty sure they got some children running around somewhere at this church, all right? Let's let them all have one child. So you got 5,000 men, 5,000 women, and each of them have a child, so you got 5,000 more kids. That's 15,000 people in this church already by end of Acts, in Acts 4. Let's just say they, some of them had a couple more kids, all right? which is possible. So somewhere between 15,000 and 20,000 already. This might be the first megachurch ever. There's a bunch of people by the time you get to Acts 4, okay? I want you to look at Acts 4, verse 31. This is the scripture, it's all I'm gonna give you. Acts 4, 31. After they prayed, all right? So I want you to see just before it, in my Bible the subheading on this is the believer's prayer. So these are believers. This is a church right here, okay? After they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken, and they were all, how many? All. All. I've told you that's the word for acts. If you don't like the word all, don't read acts. It's all over the place, okay? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. One of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit living inside of you and the power of the Holy Spirit is how bold you are. How bold you pray and how bold you share the word. Boldness comes, that comes from the Holy Spirit of God. This is one bad ombre church at this point. They're all filled with it and they're all speaking the word of God with what? Boldness. I'm gonna tell you this. That that church got it going on. Here's the great thing about it. This is before man comes along and messes stuff up. This is before 27,000 denominations pop up. This is just one church, one accord, one voice, one God, one Holy Spirit. And he fell on them and he came in power and the church took off, man, took off because that's what the Holy Spirit does in the church. And then people get in and start messing with stuff, trying to, to redefine all and who's all and when's all, not all, and could all be all, not all. I'm like, y'all make me dizzy, man. I'm gonna go eat, y'all holler at me. I'm going to all you can eat buffet, right. And I've been in there. I've been there in all those discussions. So here's the deal, here's the question. Who was filled with the Holy Spirit and in these instances in Acts? All. Let me give you some good news. All still means all. Still means all. So the church, all means all. John 15, five, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Man remains in me, I in him. He will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. The fruit of the church is produced by the Holy Spirit. A church remains in with him and the Holy Spirit produces fruit in the church. The church gets off on its own, apart from the Holy Spirit of God, and the church will do nothing, nothing of any lasting, sustainable impact at all. It won't do anything. Why? Because you will not do anything personally without being connected and having the Holy Spirit pumping through your life and the church won't do anything in its life without it being connected to the head and the Holy Spirit pumping through its veins and producing the fruit. If a church can't produce fruit, what's it given to the lost world outside? We don't go into our mission field to make a difference. If you don't have any fruit and you don't have any water, you won't make no difference. Fruit comes from what the Holy Spirit does in the church and the water is the living water of Jesus. And the church doesn't have that. It don't have nothing. Don't have nothing. If Jesus walking into a church today, he wants to see if a church has the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of it. If he can feel the Spirit in the house, and he'll walk out if not. Because a church should not be a church unless it's having the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna show you another scripture. In Acts, keep going a little bit more to the right. Go to Acts chapter nine. Acts chapter nine. One more, Jeff. Acts chapter nine. Then the church, and we kind of already understand how many people that is, that's a bunch. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria. Now see, the, watch the church start spreading. See it? Beautiful. The church in Judah, Galilee, Samaria, enjoyed a time of peace. Oh, that's beautiful. It was strengthened and encouraged by what? The Holy Spirit. And watch this. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. What grew the church? Say it again. We got that wrong in America? <laughs> oh, we get the right pastor, boy, we're going to take off. You know what I mean? We build the right building. We do the right program. We get us a popcorn popper, pastor, our VBS a take off. And, boy, if we got a snow cone machine, whoa, we the baddest ombre in town. Heck, why don't you just go get cotton candy machine? Step it up. You'll have a crowd. Without the Holy Spirit, you'll have no supernatural ability. That church won't grow. You'll be a splash and done. Sustainable growth is held together, and lives changed by the Holy Spirit of God. You want to grow a church? Turn the Holy Spirit loose. You want to decrease a church? Take the Holy Spirit out. I promise you, any church in decline, you go and the Holy Spirit's not there. Any church on the move, alive and making difference in people's lives, you can feel the power of the Holy Spirit in the house. promise you every time. You say, well, how do you know that? Is that your opinion? No, I just read it in the Bible. (laughs) And I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just saying, that's what the Bible says. That this church grew because why? The Holy Spirit I'm gonna invite my wife to come up. She got a quick little word of testimony. It's beautiful. Um, I thought it went so well with this part right here. So I wanted her to share this.
2: So a couple of weeks ago, I had an aha moment with the Lord. (laughs) Um, For it to make sense today, I need to go back a little bit. Um, For years, our son, Brett, tried to persuade me to switch to weightlifting as my go-to exercise routine. And it was a great idea but I didn't have, we didn't have the equipment, and I had zero intent of joining a gym. So I continued on my path, but a couple of years ago, two years ago exactly, about this time, uh, Jeff and I were in different circumstances, and we had space in our garage. And so we decided, let's bite the bullet, let's buy the equipment and set up a home gym. So we did that, we got, uh, we got the rack, We got bars. He had the bar for dudes. It's a little thicker, weighs 45 pounds. I got the bar for the ladies. It's a little thinner, weighs 35 pounds. Mm -hmm. We got the plates. We had it all. We were ready to go. And the new year's about to start, and I want to get started on this. I want to make sure I'm started on the right path. So I asked Brett, where do I start? What do I do? And I'm asking the right person because Brett is a calculated, scientific formula (laughs) to everything, every decision he makes. Yep. So he lays out this plan. Well, actually, first we had to do some assessments to see where I needed to start. I found out very quickly that I am very weak. And so I'm like, oh, great. So (laughs) he puts in the numbers, spits out the, the formula, the plan, shows me what to do each day. How many sets, how many reps, what weight to start with, da-da-da. So days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and I'm so excited, I finally get to graduate to the bar. (laughs) And so now I'm ready for the bar. But this bar, yeah, you're thinking, 35 pounds, that's not very much, but it's taller than me, which isn't very much either, but... um, and we store it on the wall vertically. We have these brackets, and you store it on the wall. And so I'm still in a predicament. So I have to ask my gym partner, hey, can you get this bar down for me? So he gets the bar down for me. I do my sets, do my reps. Now my muscles are spent. There's no way I'm getting the bar back on the wall. So I call my gym partner again. Can you put that bar up for me? He's got my back. So anyway, again, Days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months. I keep trucking, keep going. So two weeks ago, or so I am go out to the garage for my workout, grab the bar off the wall, throw it on the rack, throw some plates on there, do my sets, finish that up, go look at the next thing on the list. Oh, I don't need my bar. Throw the bar back up on the wall. And I'm like, throwing it up on the wall, and I'm like, wow, this bar is so light. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, but it didn't lose weight. It's still 35 pounds. And I was like, that is so cool. What changed? I did. I got stronger. And as I thought about that, I heard the Lord say, you know, that's true spiritually as well. I was like, oh, that's so good. And so here's the deal when I strengthen my spirit through the plan, through the formula, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and I grow stronger. How do I do that? Through conversations with the Lord throughout the day, talking to Him, listening to Him. We call that prayer. By renewing my mind, by digging into the Word, learning Scriptures and learning truth, Mm -hmm. that strengthens my spirit. And then when I set the tone for my day by incorporating worship into my day, it changes things. It strengthens you. And let me tell you this, on a good day, the world out there is heavy, okay? Mm -hmm. But when I turn days into weeks, weeks into months, I'm stronger, and that seems lighter. Mm -hmm. But then, there are times when plates get thrown onto the bar. That could be a phone call from a parent, a phone call from a child, a phone call from a doctor, an email from a boss. It's a sucker punch. It knocks the breath out of you. But this is what you've been training for. Mm -hmm. And you catch your breath, you steady yourself, and you get back out there. He calls you an overcomer. Mm -hmm. That's what you are when you turn days into weeks and weeks into months. Mm -hmm. It's growing your spirit and strengthening it. And then you get to live out and walk out this truth. Mm-hmm. Greater is he that is in me Amen. than he that is in the world.
0: Amen. that preach. Amen. My wife can preach, too. Amen. <laughs> Woo! And don't mess around with your wife when she's working out, too. Wives start working out, you better watch it. So last thing real quick, and we're out of here. So the ho- we looked at the Holy Spirit... Power in Jesus, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, we need it. Then we looked at the Holy Spirit in the early believers in the new church, in the early church. That was the greatest gift of the the first church or the new church, same thing true today. So Holy Spirit in God's church. That's what he wants. He wants the church to be independently dependent upon the Holy Spirit. He wants the power of the Holy Spirit moving through the church, all right? You might say, well, how how is this going to be accomplished? In John 14, 26, Jesus says, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you everything I have told you. How's a church gonna know what to do, what commands and what instructions and what the plan is for that local church, that church today? You're gonna be in tune with God through the Holy Spirit, and He will tell the church what to do. When a church is operating, listening, eating, sleeping, breathing, the Holy Spirit of God. As Melissa said, you will grow powerful. You'll grow stronger in a world out there that continues to get heavier and heavier and heavier. If the little church eats well and the big church eats well, then we will be a church that is a salt and light into that world out there. And I'm going to tell you, there is a bucket load of people out there that are looking for a dynamic, living, breathing, active, alive church. If the tomb is empty and he is risen, then the church ought to be what? Empty and risen. It ought to be living just like Jesus. Amen. If the church should be alive, if Jesus is alive, the church should be alive. And what makes a church alive is the Holy Spirit of God working in it. All right. And so here's what I want you to do. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, you're gonna have to come to terms with the fact that you might need it too. Some of us hadn't even got there yet. We had to start right there. If Jesus needed it, you need it. If the early church needed it, this church needs it. Amen? It is God's desire for the church to be empowered, mm, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. So it can do what? Be all that God wants it to be. It won't be without it. I'm gonna invite you to stand, church. So as we move to a time of ministry, that's simply what it is. Always have couples up here, ministry couples, be flanked to my left or right. They're not up here to watch you sing and for you to watch them sing, okay? They're up here because they're spirit-filled people that want to agree with you in prayer and pray over you, okay? If you've got something in your life, like Melissa said, the world's heavy, you may have gotten one of those calls this week, or you may be navigating yourself and family through that. Don't do it alone. Let us be the church, amen? Just let us be the church. That's why they're up here. It's just to pray over you, to agree with the Father in agreement and pray over you. This altar's wide open for you. If you just want more of the Holy Spirit in your life, more God, God, I wanna go deeper. I want more of you. I want you to do more in my life. And so God, I don't even really know what I'm asking, but what I want is I want more of you. And if it comes in the form of the Holy Spirit, I don't even really know how to say that. I don't even know what that looks like, but I just love you and I want more of you. And that's what I'm gonna ask. Do that. And God will do it in a heartbeat because that's what he's after. So as we worship, this is your time. I'm just gonna pray and you're gonna do whatever the Holy Spirit said today and here's what I know about what God said. On the other side of what God said, hmm, on the other side of that obedience is always blessing. So bless yourself today and do what he said. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, this is your time. You said it. Now you wanna do it. You want us to do it because you wouldn't have said it to us without it. So do whatever you got to do for your glory and for your honor. We love you, Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Amen, amen.
1: Hey, thanks for joining us today here at the Church at Bushland Online. Hey, if you were inspired by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop a message in the comments or you could email us at info at, the at We'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. Also, man, if there's anything we could agree for in prayer with you guys, just text the word pray to 806-557-1800. We believe there's power in agreement um, with the Lord. And so um, if we could pray for you, just do that for us. Um, And if you'd like to connect further with us through social media, uh, just search the church at Bushland. You can find out more things that are coming up here um, and get involved that way. And then if you'd like to plan a visit, Uh, We'd love to see you face-to-face. We have services here, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. You can go to our website, thechurchatbushland.com, and plan that visit, and we look forward to meeting you that way. Finally, man, just thanks again for joining us. Pray your faith was encouraged, and we look forward to journeying with you in the days ahead. So have a blessed day.